Hello and welcome to The Shadow from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Once again, your neighborhood blue coal dealer brings you the thrilling adventures of the shadow, the hard and relentless fight of one man against the forces of evil. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcefully to old and young alike that crime does not pay. Friends, it's as easy as making a phone call to guarantee a warm home for your family next winter. But we suggest that you act right away. Because of the shortage of other fuels, the demand for hard coal has increased greatly. So for your safety and comfort next winter, we want to make this suggestion. Fill your bin to the brim with blue coal this spring and be sure of the same steady, healthful warmth next winter you have enjoyed this year. Yes, a full bin of coal is a treasure chest for next winter's comfort. So don't take a chance. Call the nearest blue coal dealer tomorrow and ask him to schedule your spring delivery of blue coal. America's finest hard coal, and ask him about easy budget terms. The Shadow, who aids the forces of law and order, is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret, the hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, Reflection of Death. John. Yes, Nancy. That shop there. Let's go in. Hmm. Antiques? Mm -hmm. <laughs> My dear Mrs. Craig, it's quite true that we've been married for more than a month now, but we're not up to antiques yet. Oh, silly. Oh, please, John. Mm. All right. John, what a funny place. It's dark as a tomb in here, isn't it? You can hardly see the furniture. Pieces look like big crouching animals. Mm. I bet if you opened that wardrobe in the corner, bats would fly out. You said bats? Oh! I'm afraid I startled your good lady. You startled me, too. If anything were to come out of that wardrobe, it would be something quite different. Like what? I hardly venture to say. You see, a lady hanged herself in that wardrobe. Hanged? Oh. Oh, that... Mirror hanging against the wall. It's beautiful. There's a story about that mirror. Oh, John, it's lovely. I can put it over my dressing table. And not very expensive. Only $15. Oh, that isn't much. No. Perhaps because of the story. What story? 
That mirror was made in the days when witches were being burned and people believed in visions. Usually dreadful visions. <laughs> Old wives' tales. Probably, sir. Although many men believed in them. We know better now, perhaps. But it was said in those days that a mirror made as this one was in a rather strange and horrible fashion showed much more than ordinary mirrors. What did it show? The faces of those about to die. Oh. I'm sorry, the mirror slipped. No harm done. Of course, not everyone could see those faces in the mirror. Only... Only? Those who had the gift. Well, how could they tell they had the gift? Oh, there were many signs. Perhaps the most certain sign... Nancy, it's getting late. ...was what they called the ears of Pan. Ears with pointed lobes. Uh, Nancy, do you want the mirror? Yes. Yes, dear, I do. All right. Will you have the mirror cleaned and sent to 29 Ridge Road, please? The name is Craig. Yes, sir. This afternoon. Good. Nancy, shall we? Of course, dear. Oh! Oh, my hat! What? Oh, <laughs> caught in the stand. Serves you right for wearing a hat with ribbons. <laughs> oh, there. Funny. What is, dear? <laughs> well, here we've been married for more than a month. A terribly long time. I never noticed your ears before. What about them? Well, the lobes. They're pointed. John, this mirror yes? looks wonderful. Oh, good. You've been sitting staring into it for hours. Not really. I've just been dreaming. Of what? How happy I am. Darling. Well, it's 11 o'clock. I'll go downstairs, lock up. Hurry back, darling. I don't like that thunder. Oh, the lights. Uh, John. 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 What is it? The lights in this room went out. It's a fuse, maybe. I'll take a look down here. All right, dear. Oh, it's funny, staring into a mirror when it's dark and you can't see anything. I wonder, am I really there in the mirror, even though I can't see myself? Why, I... Oh, no. No. No! think I'm insane. I don't think I will at all, Mrs. Craig. Thank you. Why don't you tell Lamont the story, Mrs. Craig, just as you told to me when you phoned this morning? All right, Marco. I know you've helped people, Mr. Cranston. Whenever I could. John laughed at the whole thing. John? My husband. But I can't laugh. It was so clear. It isn't to me. Well, I I'm sorry. Yesterday morning, we bought a mirror at an antique shop. The woman who sold it to us said there was a legend connected with it. That if you were gifted, you could see the faces of people about to die in it. It's an old legend. 
probably been told about thousands of mirrors. I know. I, I didn't pay much attention to it. Well, anyway, the mirror was delivered in the afternoon and placed over my dressing table. Last night... Yes? I saw my father's face in it. Well? I could see his face in the mirror, not mine at all. I could see his face, and, and it was horrible. In what way? His face was distorted and crumpled. He, he looked as though he were dead. Mrs. Craig, you mustn't let it upset you too much. I, I'm sorry. I, I can't help It must have been an illusion. Possibly you were tired or overwrought. Unconsciously, you were thinking of the story you'd been told about the mirror. No. No, I wasn't tired. I wasn't overwrought. I was very happy. Mr. Cranston, please, will you come with me and, and look at the mirror? Well, uh... Of course you will, Mrs. Craig. I have your address. When shall we come? This afternoon, before John gets home. I... I don't want him to think I'm hysterical or... We'll be there, Mrs. Craig. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> What a lovely house the Craigs have, Lamont. Yes, lovely and old. Chimes mm. mm. of Normandy. <laughs> Very musical doorbell. <laughs> Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Mrs. Craig's expecting us. Please come in. Thank you. Mrs. Craig is in the drawing room. Here. Mm. Yes? Thevens, ma'am. Lady and a gentleman to see you. Oh, uh, please show them in, Thevens. Yes, Go in, please. Hello, Mrs. Craig. Hello, Margot and Mr. Cranston. Feeling better? Yes, I guess I am. Perhaps I was being silly. I've been sitting, thinking about it. Maybe I didn't see anything in that mirror after all. Could be. Well... What is it? Telegram, Mrs. Craig. Oh, all right, Kevin's. Come in. Western Union messenger just brought it, ma'am. Oh, thank you, Kevin. Yes, ma'am. Excuse me. I wasn't expecting a telegram. Well, go right ahead and read it. We've plenty of time. Thank you. I didn't think I... Oh, no. No. Maud, she's going to faint. Yes, I've got it. Scrape. She did faint. Uh, the, the couch, Lamont. Yes. There's some brandy. Oh, she dropped the telegram. She... Maud, what is it? Telegram. It's very short. Sent from upstate. Says, regret to inform you your father died this morning at Interlochen Hospital. Signed, head nurse. Her father, Mother. Doctor's still with her. He's giving her a sedative to take later on. I'm worried about her. So's her husband. He's sitting at her bedside like a lost boy. Good night. Come on. Hmm? Was it a coincidence? I don't know. Oh, yes, Clevens. You rang for me. Yes, the uh, mirror, the one over Mrs. Craig's dressing table... The new mirror, sir? That's right. It's to go up in the attic. At once. But Mrs. Craig was so fond of it. Nevertheless, I'd like to have you take it up to the attic right away. 
Very well, sir. I don't like you. Just a sullen old man. Well, we'd better go. It's late. I hate leaving her. That's nonsense. Her husband's here. She'll be given a sedative. All right, Margot. Nothing can happen tonight. Let's go. There's a rope around his neck. It's drawn tight. Tight. And he's... He's dead. We'll return to the shadow in just a minute. Friends, thousands of householders who had the unfortunate experience of a cold home during the past winter are taking steps now to make sure it never happens again. Many of them are now changing to coal, the dependable fuel, and installing hard coal stokers so that they will enjoy fully automatic heat next winter. Yes, that's the unbeatable combination for economical and comfortable home heating. And besides with a hard coal stoker, you can actually save up to 50% on your fuel costs. Stoker sizes of hard coal are plentiful, and they are cheap. So, a stoker soon pays for itself in fuel savings. 
Yes, a modern stoker gives fully automatic heat. The fire is fueled automatically, ashes removed automatically, and a steady, even, healthful heat that only a coal-fired thermostat in the living room. You can guarantee a warm home for your family next winter. Convert now to a fuel that will cut your heating cost in half. For complete information about stokers and their installation, call the nearest Blue Coal dealer or simply drop a postcard to Blue Coal, 120 Broadway, New York 5, New York. I'll repeat that. Blue Coal, 120 Broadway, New York 5, New York. Right today. And now, back to the shadow. At the request of Nancy Craig, Margot and Lamont have been investigating the mysterious happenings in connection with a strange mirror. It is after midnight now, as the phone rings in Cranston's apartment. Hmm? What? Hmm. Hello. Cranston. Yes? It's John Craig. I didn't want to wake you up in the middle of the night, but Cranston, Nancy's disappeared. have happened to her. I don't know, darling. If she ran away, why did she run and where? We'll know more as soon as we get into the house. Maybe. I'm cold and frightened. What do you want? Clevens, we're coming in. Oh, you are. Where's Craig? Oh, no. Don't, don't care. Clevens. Lamont, he acted so strangely as though he were drunk. Cranston. Oh, hello, Craig. Margaret's with me. <clears throat> no sign of Nancy, no sign. When did you miss her? When I called you half an hour ago. I'd been sitting up. I couldn't sleep. The doctor had gone after having given Nancy a sedative. Finally, I went upstairs and stopped in her room to see if, see if she was all right. And she wasn't there. The other rooms? I've looked all through the house. The attic? The attic? Well, no, we never go up there. We'd better go there now. But why the attic? Because that's where the mirror is. Here's the attic here. I hear. Yeah, let's go in. Nancy. Nancy. Come on, she's lying on the floor in front of that mirror. She's delirious, Craig. You better pick her up. Yes. Got her. I'll carry her downstairs. We need a doctor, I suspect. It's not a psychiatrist. Doll for me, Cranston, will you? Of course. I'll put it to bed. There. Phone the doctor, Craig. Yes, I'll get him. He lives just a few doors away. Good. Margot and I'll stand by here. You better hurry. Yes, I'll hurry. Lamar, she saw Clevens in the mirror. It, it, it must have been a dream. Yes, not only that, but Clevens was green. Does that mean anything? Might, if what I'm thinking is true. It's a possibility. Lamar, she didn't really see anything in the mirror, did she? 
I think Clevens needs a visit from the shadow. Did she see anything in the mirror, Lamont? I'm afraid, Margot, that she did see something in the mirror. Clevens. What's that? Clevens. Who said that? Oh. Don't look around for me, Plevins. You can't see me. I can't. I'm sick, and you know, I can't see. Plevins, although you can't see me, I'm here. I'm not your imagination. I'm sick, and you now you come. Whoever, whatever you are, I'm too sick. Plevins, do you hate Mrs. Craig? I hate Mrs. Do you hate her? I, I... Have you been playing tricks on her? Tricks? Playing tricks, huh? No. Someone's been playing. Been playing tricks on me. Clevens. Clevens. No. Clevens can't hear me anymore. Clevens is beyond all tricks. Doctor said Nancy's very ill, Cranston. He's staying with her until the nurse comes, and then she'll require constant attendance. Plevins is dead. He was poisoned, Craig. Was he? Got an overdose of Mrs. Craig's sedative. That's what the police said? Yes, they're staying in the background because of Mrs. Craig's illness. They want to question her. Cranston, they don't think It makes she... a certain amount of sense. She saw Plevins in the mirror. That meant Plevins had to die. Perhaps she took care of him. You don't believe that. Do you have any other explanation? No, but... Well, Nancy isn't well. She hasn't been well. Can't be held responsible for anything she's done. She's asleep. Doctor gave an injection to keep her under till morning. Lamont? Yes. Come along, Margot. Good night, Craig. Good night. Home, Lamont? No. Upstate. Upstate? The town where Nancy's father lived and died. I want to find out how far that mirror can see. I don't mind telling you all I know, Mr. Cranston. I've been chief of police in this town for over 30 years, and I've done all right. I'm sure you have, but... All right, then listen. Pete Owens was a wealthy man and a good man. He came up here on a hunting trip and died from falling off Eagle's Nest Cliff, a couple of miles out of town. What he was doing there, nobody knows. He might have fallen off, he might have been pushed. That's all I know. You've helped us, Chief. I don't know what Nancy Craig's father was doing upon that cliff either, but I think I know now whether he fell or was pushed. Come on, Margot. We have to get back to the Craigs. I have an appointment to keep. <laughs> Rest quietly, Nancy. I'll be back in a minute. Now then, Nancy's all settled. Craig. John Craig. What? Who's that? Come with me, Craig. Who? Who is it? What are you? The shadow of guilt, murderer's fear. <laughs> Follow me. Up to the attic. Attic. No, no. Come along, Craig. 
You know the way. You made others follow you. What do you want with me? I have something to show you. I don't want to see it. Now, Craig. Over there against the rafter. What is it? Get closer and you can see. Closer. There. Look at it in the moonlight. You can see now, can't you, Craig? The mirror. What do you see in the mirror? No. What do you see in the mirror? Uh, my face. My own face in the mirror. Yes. The face of a murderer, Craig. The murderer who killed Nancy's father. The one who pushed him off the cliff. No. The one who poisoned Clever. No, no. You killed them both. So you'd inherit your father-in-law's fortune, didn't you, Craig? Didn't you? I... All right. Maybe I did kill those two old fools, but you'll never prove it. I won't hang. I'll destroy the evidence. I'll smash this wretched mirror into a thousand pieces. <laughs> what are you laughing at? It's too late, Craig. Too late? Yes. The mirror has already shown you your own reflection of death. <laughs> I know that Craig killed Nancy's father and tried to drive her insane and that he killed Clevens to throw suspicion on Nancy. I understand that, but I don't understand how you found out. Darling, remember she spoke of seeing Clevens' green face in a red room and brown furniture? Uh, yes. Well, usually people dream without color, but when they've been given one of the hypnotic drugs like pentothal, they have visions, dreams in color. You mean that... Craig gave her the drug, and then... He suggested things to her while she was drugged. She'd never realize it, but she did remember colors. Hmm. And the other thing? Something Nancy herself said in her delirium. She said that she saw the faces in the mirror, even though it was dark. She meant that Craig had used a very simple trick to fool her. You mean into seeing those faces? Well, the faces were really there. They were pictures of the people she saw. With the help of a tiny flashlight, they'd look very convincing in the shadows. Craig himself wore black so Nancy could never see his reflection. Yet he finally did see his own reflection, didn't he? Yes, ma'am. At that moment, the murders came to an end. The end that comes to all murderers before they die. And now let me present Blue Coal's distinguished heating authority, John Bartley. Thank you, Andre Baruch, and good evening, friends. One of these fine spring days, you'll be able to let your furnace fire go out. And that's the time to have your furnace cleaned, overhauled, and put into first-class condition for next fall. You'll prevent summer rust damage, which can be costly, and you'll assure yourself of good heating and low-cost operation next season. So I suggest you call the nearest Blue Coal dealer now and ask for a blue coal summer conditioning job. It's quick, it's thorough, it's dust-free, and it's not expensive. Blue coal dealers have the special equipment of the specially trained men to do this job for you. But be sure to phone the nearest blue coal dealer right away so that he can schedule your cleaning job early. You'll find him listed in the classified section of your phone directory. I thank you.
This story is copyrighted by Street and Smith Publications, Incorporated. The characters, names, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Again next week, the shadow will demonstrate that... The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs> Next week, same time, same station, your friendly blue coal dealer brings you another strange and thrilling adventure in the shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. The shadow is presented by the Delaware, Lackawanna, and Western Coal Company, distributors of blue coal. Lamont Cranston is played by Brett Morrison. Margot by Grace Matthews. Your announcer is Andre Barouche. Remember, it's blue coal for finest heating service. It's blue coal for finest modern equipment. It's blue coal for the best home heat money can buy. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. <laughs>